Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We were asking on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, because Lamar stumbled on Thursday Night Football, who's going to be the MVP? I had him as my MVP, so did Key. For me, it was by a little bit. I, maybe it's Tom Brady right now, but let's see how Brady and Stafford and everyone plays in Week 10. So who's going to be the MVP favorite after Week 10? 888-SAY-ESPN. So it did start last night, Week 10, on Thursday Night Football. Lamar was sacked four times. Xavier Howard had a scoop and a score and, and a scoop oh. and score, and the Dolphins you know, stunned the Ravens 22-10 on Thursday Night Football. Here is head coach John Harbaugh taking blame for the loss. Uh, bottom line is this uh, this falls squarely on, on me as a head coach. We were not prepared the way we need to be prepared. Our schemes weren't up to snuff, uh, and we weren't uh, we weren't prepared to execute the way we needed to. So that's it, not on one player. Our players played their hearts out. They worked hard all week. They did everything they could to be prepared, and uh, and we just weren't ready. That's on me. Now, Dominique Foxworth said earlier in the week that injuries are going to catch up to the Ravens, and that's why Lamar won't win MVP. <sighs> to me, that's short week. You played in overtime. You're on the road. Lamar's going to be distracted by homecoming type stuff. So, But with Lamar stumbling, who's going to take advantage and be the MVP favorite? Key, Tom Brady is the odds-on favorite at plus 350. Then Josh Allen. Yeah, I don't, then, know. I, I don't, I don't get that either. either. That's people holding on to their preseason uh, picks. Gotta be. Kyler Murray's after him. Then Stafford. Then Rodgers, I do think the fact that Rodgers was misleading about being vaccinated and then missed the game is going to – you don't think that's going to hurt him in the voting? I don't know, man. he missed the game. Yeah, but what if one of these other guys – what if Kyle, Kyle Murray's missed the game? Yep, that's why I put I, – I Dak knocked, Prescott missed the game. Yep, I knock all those guys down a little bit. And then Brady clinches, he may miss a game. But – but it's different if you miss a game after you already locked up the number yeah, one seed. that's true, too. That's true. So I would have Brady right now as the favorite. I would not have Josh Allen Josh Allen high. wouldn't be nowhere near these dudes. Matthew Stafford, Stafford Aaron Rodgers, be, yep. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott is kind of under Brady and Kyler Murray. Josh Allen would be in front of Ryan Tannehill or something like that. I would put Brady or Stafford one right now. And Stafford's got to show one, me what he's going to do on Monday night. No doubt. You got the world right now watching on Monday night, right? Yep. So we'll all be zoomed in on Monday night watching him against the Niners. And we just saw what Ryan Tannehill did to the Niners. And wait, no. Um, Niners have been stumbling recently. Yeah, and they've been stumbling. Yeah. So we, we got a chance to, to – not Tannehill, I'm sorry. Who just went, who just went in? Carson Wentz went in yeah. there and, and took care of business in the rain. And then Colt McCoy went in there and did the same thing with the team. So he should have opportunity to really flourish. Good point. There's a lot of do downside that. for Stafford there. Like if you win, you're supposed to win, even though it's a divisional game and all that. Yeah, but, but you if ball you lose, out. yeah, you got a ball. You got a ball out because the world is watching. And and so so right, we got to wait to see a Stafford. But by the way, Brady's not coming off his best couple of weeks, and then he had a bye, right? So like we got to see what Brady does. No, he lost, had a bye, but his lo- the loss. He, I don't think he played bad, though, did he? Not, remember not was, bad, but he was playing at a ridiculous clip. Wait, who did they lose to? I got to look up the schedule now. I so forgot many games they, to, te- I, to, te- I forgot to keep who track they lost of. To. I know they lost and they had a bye and they're coming back, um, but I don't remember him playing bad in that football I, game. I don't think he's played bad this year, period, you know? But I would say that he, he, was, he had come down off a certain standard that he was playing. They lost to the, to, to the Saints. The Saints. That's right. They lost to the Saints, who seemed to have their number. 
Um, they they beat the Seems hell like out of the so Bears before ago. that. It does, doesn't it? But see, he got a lot of juice build up from week one. Brady. Yeah, he carried that all the way into the loss for the Saints because how he was able to come back with a minute 24 vintage Brady. So people are like, oh, you know, don't give him 10 seconds. He's getting ready to do you. And that's that's that build up. Yep. Brady Stafford. And to me, to me right now at this moment, <laughs> Kyler missed the game. I'm knocking him down. Uh, uh, um, who, uh, Rogers missed the game. I'm knocking him down. The guys I have at the tippy top right now, I'd have Brady Stafford, Lamar third. I'm not going to knock Lamar all the way out from one bad short week performance. See, I would go Brady, Kyler, Stafford, Lamar, Dak. Damn, you're really like at least Lamar played on the short week. Kyler wasn't there. Yeah, but Kyler just I look at just everything he be doing, man. It's just his team is number one in the conference. And you know who he's playing like? Lamar Jackson. <laughs> he's playing like yeah, Lamar. Yeah, but his his stuff is just the way he delivers the football, man, is is impressive. When you look, you're it's impressive. I hear you sometimes and I watch you sometimes. I watch you watch Don't watch me. Watch TV. But I see your react. Key, it's hard not to because you make a lot of noise while you're watching. So I'm looking at your reaction. And when you see a, a receiver get a ball just right, oh. you, yeah, see, yeah, you see, you do that. You do that. So what is it about Kyler when you watch him? You're like, oh, that's perfect. Remember when he threw the ball to Zach Ertz and over the scene? It was yep. a scene route. Zach Ertz had just got to the His Cardinals. first game there. Yep. First game, yep. bam. In stride, over the linebacker, in the hole, right where it needed to be. He didn't break stride. And I'm sure Zach Ertz coming from Jalen Hurts, who's learning how to play position, he was like, man, I just died and went to heaven. Mm. That's what you want to see. Or the incomplete pass to A.J. Green at the end of the game. That was a perfectly – Perfect. We don't need it no better than Only the defender can make a All you got to do is turn your head. If you turn your head and reach your hands out, that thing going to stick to them gloves, six-pack. And the defense, the defender has no ask, shot on the ball. Or third in a million in the turkey hole to the three yard line to AJ Green on third in a million, a laser frozen rope. What's the turkey hole? It's like between the safety and the corner. You know, the turkey hole, the, 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 like a turkey, you know, the, the, where you stuff the, the yes. stuff at. Yeah. Yes. Up in here, call it the turkey hole. The turkey hole. That's where you put the stuffing. A little empty space there. Yeah. It's huge cavity. And he threw it on a frozen rope. And that's just baseball throw. I just, I like him. People think I don't like him. No, I don't like the system, but I like him. What if the air raid turns out to be, that's the best way to do it going forward? Then you'll see 20 teams trying to run it. Would you be sad about the world changing in that way? No. Then that would be, they own to something at that point. Man. Yeah, right. That means they're on to something. Everybody tried the greatest show on turf. It didn't work out for everybody, right? Everybody tried Tampa too. But they couldn't do it the way we did it because we had the Derrick Brookses and the Rondé Barbers and the Brian Kellys and the Warren Saps and the Simeon Rices and the Booger McFarlands. But we the West had Coast the Johnny offense, Lynches. But the West Coast stuck. The West Coast offense. The timing offense, offense that Bill Walsh was doing yeah, and everything, that's stuck. Sideline to sideline stuff. They can keep that. <laughs> you see, this is what <laughs> I'm talking about. There are some people. But it's certain, Bill Parcells, man. But you, certain people. Yeah. Call it different. We ran some of the same stuff, but we called it different. When John Gruden was calling the West Coast, it's just like two yards in a cloud of dust and we're throwing. We might as well just run the damn yeah, ball. Yeah, for that, why take the risk? Yes. Yeah. It's like, but Jerry Rice and them 
when they dialed it up, they dialed John Walsh, uh, Bill Walsh, dialed it up the way it needed to be dialed up. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it, it's like it looks different. And also, if you have Joe Montana. Mike Holmgren dialed it up differently. It looked different. So, all right. Dennis in Delaware has an MVP candidate that we haven't talked much about when it comes to being an MVP, at least not today. What's up, Dennis? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, after week seven, Dak Prescott was favored to win the MVP, and the Cowboys were the number one offense in the NFL. Okay, so he missed the game with the injury, and then he had a bad game off the injury. But I think this week against Atlanta at home, um, he's going to put up some big numbers. And then next week in Kansas City, big numbers. And then Thanksgiving Day against the Raiders, big numbers. I think Dak is going to jump right back. How do you justify, Dennis? Dennis, how do you justify? Same thing with, with Key. How do you guys justify other guys right there with your favorite guy, let's say, but your guy misses a full game and the other guy, like Brady has played in every game. No, Stafford not, has played but, in every game. But I'm not saying Brady it, is. With the 17 game schedule, I think, you know, it's okay yeah. to miss one game, you know, and still be a, an MVP with right. the 17 At least game schedule. You got a rationale. I, yeah. yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Brady's not there. He's there today based on what happened to Lamar last night. Yeah. So he moves in front of Lamar. Agreed. Kyler gets pushed up. Matthew Stafford gets pushed up until we see him on Monday. He can go up higher or he can go down. Yo, you know Stafford's leading the – he hasn't missed a game and he's leading the league in QBR by a lot. By, not by a little, by a lot. I understand that, but my eyeball test tells me at times some stuff could get away from him mm-hmm. and it don't look as clean as the numbers say. When you look at it, it could be like, ooh, he almost gave that to the other team. Do you think that he has, that Stafford has, like Brady throws a catchable ball, right? Stafford has a great arm, but do you think he throws, when I say arm talent, I just don't mean can you thread the needle, do you have a big arm, but do you throw the ball in a way that falls into the receiver's yeah. hands? That's he's Stafford. Very, yeah, he's very accurate. He's got some zip on the ball. Um, he's impressive this year with the talent. There's no question about but it. But it's also... Test- but it's also sometimes in some games, as ones that especially that they lost. When you look at like the Arizona game and the Tennessee game, it's like, oh wait, come on, you man. just answered my question for me. That's that's why because you saw Kyler and Stafford go head to head, and Kyler was the best player on the field. Absolutely, yeah, that's hard. I agree with that. That is hard to get out of your mind. And in a seventeen game season, Dennis makes a good point. Dennis from Delaware, you got to discount missing a game a little bit. Because you got more games. So if two dudes go head-to-head and clearly one dude is the best player on the field, it's tough to put the other dude ahead of him. I understand that. I can see that. But Brady hasn't been in that position, so he's number one. Well, he was in a position earlier in the year with Stafford. The Bucks played the, Bucks played the Rams early in the year. Very early. All right. Um, Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. Today we're celebrating Disney Plus Day. With the God, Disney Plus is great. With the premiere of new originals, blockbuster hits, beloved library titles, and unique specials from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. Yeah, I just love this as a consumer. I mean, I love it as a consumer. Get one month of Disney Plus for one ninety nine, a buck ninety nine. Now until November fourteen, and celebrate the stories you love. Find out more at DisneyPlus.com.
There's a lot of upside for the Panthers with making this decision. I'm curious to see how it's going to work out. I'm curious to see just how much Cam Newton is going to be capable of doing. At the very least, he can give you more confident quarterback play than what we've seen from Sam Donald over the last month. <laughs> so funny. When you hear everybody now talk about Cam, watch how everybody just go be gone, Cam. Because the Panthers admitted a mistake to a degree. And, and, and basically told all of us out there in the world that he was hurt is the reason we moved on. They didn't say he couldn't play football anymore. They said he was hurt, so we had to move on based on his injury. So now everybody is going to be jumping up and down for Cam and on his bandwagon. You watch what I tell you, man. I got receipts. I never got off the Cam bandwagon. I felt like I'd been pulling it. Tory Smith joins on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Tory. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good, good. You you played with Cam in Carolina. How surprised are you, or what do you think about the fact that he's back with the Panthers? I love the fact that he's back with the Panthers. Um, you know, it's something I didn't expect. I was definitely having a good old time trolling on, on Twitter a little bit. I have a lot of love and respect for the Carolina Panthers organization, but I'm a person that believes when teams say, hey, we want to get better, like you need to have the evidence to show it. And so – they had the opportunity to sign the best quarterback that was available on the market. That was Cam Newton, and they didn't do it initially. They did it on the back end, so I have to give them their credit when it's due and also acknowledge that this also wasn't a normal signing. Um, you know, I heard you guys talking about it when it's almost like you're admitting a mistake. I'm not going to say they're necessarily admit, admitting a mistake because I understand this business and the way it works, but to go back to someone who you have moved on from that's as big of a figure as Cam Newton, that's not as simple as signing Matt Barkley. So I understand that. I'm glad that it happened, and I think Cam's going to do a great job. See, T. Smith, the reason why I say it's a mistake, it was a mistake, because the reason that you moved on from him, it wasn't because of his ability to be the quarterback of your team. You told us, it was finally told us you moved on because he was injured. You left it open-ended when you moved on from him to make us all think that he can't play football anymore, even though you and I, we knew he could play. But the word out there in the universe of the National Football League was they moved on from him because he couldn't play. They moved on from him because he was hurt and he had a salary due of 20 plus million dollars. That's the only reason why I say they did it that way. Absolutely. I agree with you 100 percent. You know, it was a business decision. And, you know, I'm thankful that I had the opportunity to play, you know, those eight years. But I also had the opportunity to play with. Steve Smith, senior, you know, the legendary Carolina Panther because of the nature of the business, right? So, yeah, I, I know that these things do happen with Cam Newton. He was hurt, um, battling some injuries those uh, past two seasons, and he was also getting paid, you know, a hefty amount of money. So, with David Tepper coming in, you know, I know it was a situation for him to say, hey, you know, we're going to hit the reset button. You know, let's do it now, you know, if he's not his healthy self. So, I understand that part when it comes to, the business side of football, right? But the reality of it is, you said it, and, and, and I know it, that Cam Newton can still play. Um, I think the environment plays a factor in that. I don't think New England is the best situation, even though that's the last we've seen them. I don't think you can use that to say, hey, Cam Newton doesn't have it anymore. Why? Because the quarterback position, more so than any other position, relies on its supporting cat. Cam had been so used to literally being called Superman because of the way he was playing and putting the team on his back. But every quarterback doesn't play that way forever. So in New England, the environment wasn't necessarily there. The running game 
wasn't as strong as it's been. The weapons around him wasn't as strong as it's been. If you need proof, the Coach Belichick went out and, and brought in everyone and their mom to help revamp that core for their now the future of their franchise and Mac Jones. So I think your environment matters. Now he gets to head back home to Carolina. Yeah, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, a healthy Christian McCaffrey. That's a great situation for Cam Newton to come back. And we have to be realistic, too, when we're talking about what to expect from him. It's not plug and play like it is for a wide receiver signing them off the street. He has to learn a brand new offense. He has to get comfortable within that offense. But, but their salary says that, hey, we're, going, we're paying you to play. So will he be ready this week? Doubt it. Will he be ready next week? Possibly. But this is something that I think is going to play out over the next couple of weeks. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have the opportunity to see, you know, who Cam Newton is, and I think he's going to shine. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing you brought, bring up next week, next week he goes up against the Washington football team and his old coach, Ron Rivera. So that'll be an interesting little tidbit nugget to continue to keep watching. You spoke about wide receivers being able to just plug and play. OBJ goes to the Rams. What do you think he'll bring to the Rams, Tory, in terms of his versatility in some of the things, if healthy, that he could do? I think he's just a, another weapon. You know, first of all, Cooper Cup made me look like the best GM in fantasy world by drafting him. I knew early on him and Matthew Stafford were going to kill it this year. But to be honest, there aren't that many targets to go around after Robert Woods, right? So you have two guys that are heavily involved in this offense. And even, you know, Van Jefferson has a, a solid role as well. But this is something where I think he could be more streaky. You know, we saw what happened with Deshaun Jackson and the opportunities that he had, right? He took advantage of big-time players when they presented themselves. But it wasn't a situation where he was getting the ball, you know, 10 times a game. You know, I think they're going to have opportunities to get him the ball, and I think Odell's comfortable with that. You know, you have to realize this is the first time Odell was able to pick where he wanted to go since he was a senior in high school and committed to LSU. So he had the opportunity to choose this place. So by him choosing Los Angeles over the Packers, that tells me, that is not necessarily just about opportunities and targets and getting the volume. He would have had that opportunity in Green Bay, a better opportunity. I think it's about him feeling like he can win and also potentially be in a position to find a home for the next few years because the more stable quarterback position is in Los Angeles Ooh, versus Green point. Bay. However, the best situation to win right now is in, in my opinion, out in Green Bay for him as an individual. If he wanted to do a one-year deal and move on. So, I think he was thinking more so down the road. I love Matthew Stafford. I think he's always been an underrated quarterback since he's been in the league. I think he was just trapped in Detroit. And I think it's a great situation for Odell to really just blend in. And guess what? It's not going to be any drama in L. that's used to the big media. And I think it makes a lot of sense for him. Oh, that's such a great point Tory Smith just made here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max ESPN Radio. Um, that, so, so, right, th- this was not a situation like where – Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback for the Rams. Their defense was also playing well, and he wasn't going anywhere, and he was 32 years old not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. Slam dunk, go to the Rams. This was a situation where every team had their pros and cons. And, Tori, I was looking at the choice of the Rams. I thought it was a great choice, but something less than Brady's choice where, man, that was a purely football decision he made. He's trying to win a Super Bowl because I thought maybe the Packers gave him the very best chance at this moment. What you're saying is it's not just about this moment. He's making a football choice. Well, let me ask you this. Is that overall the best football choice for Odell? 
the Rams, considering everything you said? I think so. You know, I think at this point in his career, Odell's made a, a, a solid chunk of money now. I'm not trying to count another man's pocket. <laughs> but I think he knows that if he can play well in L.A., a market where he's there in the offseason anyway, right? Like, he, he lives out there in the offseason anyway. And, you know, I think he's very comfortable out there. I think this team and Matthew Stafford is going to be there for the foreseeable future. I think that's the stability that he's looking for. You know, he hasn't really been in a stable environment since his first few years in New York. So I think this is bigger than just one year. Um, I think he really took his time with this decision. And I think it's one that's ultimately going to pay off, you know, because Sean McVay has the ability to get guys involved in the offense, different guys. And Odell, regardless of what the media may say, he's not a selfish teammate. So if you're in an environment where you're able to win, where you feel like you're involved, like he's going to have that opportunity there. And I don't think it's a situation where you feel like, oh, well, if he doesn't get five targets a game, he's going to complain. I don't, that's not going to be the case. To be honest, Odell hasn't said a word all year. Right, the media has rolled with everything else, so I think it's a great fit for him. I think he's going to play extremely well, Damn and media. I think this is something where it could turn into a two, three year deal after this season. Tori, I want to ask you ask you this: You have a uh, you started your nonprofit called Level Eighty Two Fund. Why don't you give me a little insight on it so I can possibly get involved? Yeah, you know we had a uh, we started an organization some years ago and changed the name up. But when I retired, we decided to do a little more than just, you know, events for the day, back to schools. We had an after-school program at one point. We really wanted to try to focus on trying to change the community uh, beyond just the one student. So we decided the best way to do it was to have some type of community center or partner with someone to have a rec center, which is what happened. We partnered with Baltimore Rec and Parks, and we run Hilton Rec Center over in West Baltimore. So now we're able to impact that child, that child's siblings, that child's parents, it really kind of feed the entire community in hopes that, you know, we can help make Baltimore City a better place, you know, one person, one family, and one neighborhood at a time. That is Tory Smith, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate you, Tory. Uh, thanks for jumping yeah, on. Well, that was that was All right, that opened my eyes just then, Key. Yeah. That's a football decision. It's just not a football decision just for the rest of this season because oh, the no, uncertainty in Green Bay. Well, I kinda I mean, we didn't touch it. You I think you you might have mentioned it or somebody mentioned it and touched up on it a little bit, but it's clearly I mean, again, I, I, he's he's in Los Angeles a lot. This is this is who he is. That's why I always said when people were talking about New England, I said you cannot change who he is by sending him to New England and Milwaukee. I get it. I understand Green Bay, great quarterback situation, but one personality, one personality does not want to go there. And his personality is more LA. You get the best out of him when he's extremely motivated and happy all the way around. And what's going to make him more happy winning games and being able to go home into the sunshine and lay in his backyard and relax and chill. Especially when you know the quarterback's going to be there. You don't know that about Green Bay. That was Torrey Smith on the Goodyear Hotline brought to you by Goodyear. College football's heating up the Goodyear, and Goodyear knows the passion it takes to drive every game forward. Whether your team's home or away, the traditions that bring us together are still the same. That's the road that moves us. Goodyear more driven. The best quarterback in the AFC West is playing on Sunday night football. But Key says he'll be facing Patrick Mahomes. You got to hear his reason. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. Just me and Key hanging out today. So Sunday Night Football, Chiefs and Raiders. And, uh, Key, the best quarterback in the AFC West right now will be on the field. Is that Patrick Mahomes? Right now? Mm-hmm. Like, right now? Right now. No. No, not right now. Right now, he might be the third best quarterback in the division right today. And that's okay. Doesn't mean he won't be tomorrow number one again. But I would say Justin Herbert and Derek Carr are slightly above him based on the way that that Chiefs offense, in particular Patrick Mahomes, has looked he scuffled. this season. He scuffled. I mean, I'll say this. This season, I'm I not, get the rationale. Look, I'm not saying, Max, that if they was in a room and they said pick one, that I wouldn't pick him. Yeah, That's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about I can – separate the MVP Super Bowl years from this year. I can't. I can't do I it. Can, I hear what no. you're saying. I can't I, do it. You have to. Look, I'll tell you this. You have Derek Carr in the first bucket, more or less. Of, I have him in the of, second bucket trying to climb into the first right, bucket. Right, right. See, that's, if I had to talk about the, 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 the not the different guys, and I consider Herbert one of the different guys, right, or at least he's trending there fast. He had the best rookie camp. Honestly, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best rookie quarterback I've ever seen because it may, may have been him. He was, had a no offensive line. He was under pressure all the time. He got rid of the ball so fast throwing I mean, lasers all over the field. There was a guy named field. Dan Marino was pretty good. Marino was insane. You know, uh, you know, there's as a, another guy named John Elwood that was pretty good. Yeah, but I, that's, when I think of Herbert's rookie year, I yeah. think of those guys. Like That's why he was being compared to Marino. I'm trying and to think who else was good. I'm just saying, I see Carr, when you talk about Bridgewater, that's a starting quarterback. I no, see. I see Carr and Bridgewater. If they're not no, Carr, man. to me, Carr is at the front line of that bucket, and Bridgewater's in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but that's I think I don't think Herbert's in that bucket. I have Herbert in the other one. Yes, he ain't there yet. Now, maybe not, not yet, yet, but I think he's going to be there soon no, if he's, he's not in, already. He's in the other bucket with them. He had a fabulous rookie season. Oh. This year's been okay. Yeah, this year's been okay. It's yeah. nothing to write home about. Yeah, not. He's not. Follow, he didn't he's not a, better than he was last year. It's not a sophomore slump, but it's not a, oh, my God, they should lock him up right now uh, for the next 10-year type deal. I'll trade you Daniel Jones for him right now, and I like Daniel of Jones. Of course you would. <laughs> yeah. and I like. I, by the way, I would trade the entire Giants team right now. Ever, I'm, do you think I'm lying? I'll start with nothing. I'll give but you my Dan, coach everything. I just want to start with Justin Herbert. But Daniel Jones has been okay. Yeah. I, I, the interesting thing about that is I don't know if it's what he's – Who's teaching him? Like, I don't know if, if, if he had a better teacher, would he be better? If I put Daniel Jones with Sean Payton in the New Orleans Saints. He'd be better. 
would he be better? Of course. That's that's of course that's what I'm saying. But but for me, if you can find it, this is how much I think of Justin Herbert. If you can find a Justin Herbert, I'll start with nothing. No coach, no team, just Justin Herbert, right? Got to coach him up I'll, though. Yeah, I will tr- I will find. I'll ask my man Keyshawn, yo Key, what what's the best coach I can go get right now? All that staff, the whole thing. And I will start, I'll just, you know, use draft picks on best available players, sign some veterans, get some guys off practice squads. I would rather start a team like that than my New York football giants. If I could get a quarterback like Justin Herbert, I feel the same way about Mahomes. Derek Carr is good. He's better than I thought he was like a couple of years ago when it looked like he was going backwards. I don't think of him like that. But it never looked like he was going backwards, though, Max. Well, to me, it did. The team. Pull up his numbers. It's just we, we do like to talk about numbers. Yeah. All you got to do is look at his numbers. His offensive line went from really good to but not that, so good, and then he didn't look so good. Fault. Yeah, right, right. You took his main target in Amari Cooper and shipped him off. You had him playing with beast mode at 60 years old in the running back spot. You're like, it did, you didn't help him help himself. You kind of deflated his ability to be successful when you blew up the whole yard. You know what else? It's a full contact sport. Key. Eli Manning was one of the toughest athletes I've ever seen in my life. But I saw seasons late in his career where I thought he was he quit on the season in this sense. He was going to be there for all the snaps. He's going to take hits. But he was thinking, I am not going to get myself killed behind these bums on my offensive line, right? And, and to me, when that's the same people. Like people say, oh, he quit on the team or he quit on the season. Yeah. It's strongly worded for such a tough guy and a champion like Eli. I thought I saw... And Derek Carr wanted to fight me in the octagon after I said this, but this is what I thought I saw. I thought I saw the same thing from Carr when the offensive line fell apart. I thought I saw, like, this dude ain't trying to get killed behind this offensive line. Well, see, what, what happens is you, even though you're in the sports journalism business, you start looking at stuff as a fan. Mm-hmm. And you say things like a fan would say. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's ducking in. Yeah. But you have to not just look at him. You got to look at everything. Yeah. As a whole, right? Yeah, yeah. And once you look at everything as a whole, then you can form your opinion and say, oh, he's pretty, you know, if the offensive line was good and he was bad, that's a different situation. I agree. You know, you're like, well, it's a I different I even thought situation. that at the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I even thought that at the time. But like you just said, it's so interdependent. If you put a young quarterback who seems to be on his way up in a bad situation for two, three years, some dudes never recover from that. Yeah, but he always have been a solid quarterback and really good to me all the way from Fresno State I watched him with the Raiders in Oakland when he almost he was an MVP candidate till he got hurt yeah if he goes to Houston Deshaun Watson and them don't beat the Raiders the Raiders lost steam Matter of fact the Raiders wouldn't have had to go on the road they lost steam when they lost him and they went out there with like Matt McGloin or something like mm-hmm. that playing quarterback so you start to look at that but then for him you get John Gruden coming in and not endorsing him or giving him any flowers, he's not saying anything. So the first thing people think is because Gruden's supposed to he be this magical, be yeah. this magical quarterback wizard. He must not be that good. I will say, I, at one point in Carr's career, I thought of the young ascending quarterbacks outside of maybe Andrew Luck, the guy I would want long term. At one point, I think it might be Derek Carr, and but that lasted for me about half a season, <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I don't know. Have you, I don't know if you've been working with us or not, or you were doing first take or your own radio or whatever, or every other show you did. But I said to Evan, at the beginning of all this, I said, man, Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr's 
first seven seasons similar are the same. Right. I don't even need to pull up the numbers. This is eyeball test. Yeah, you're crazy. You're it's the same. Yeah, it's all about how we build something Brand up them. and put the yeast on it. Yep. If I want to make somebody more than what they are or less than what they are, you can do that. We can do that all day long, and that's what people do. They get latched onto something, and the first thing they say is. Oh, my God, he's out of control. He's a this, he's a that. And people go with it. And it's also, we're trying to evaluate a moving target. Like, as the evidence comes in, we're trying to fit it into a framework that we understand. So, like, I look at Justin Herbert, and I think his floor is Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, like the next thing to the really elite guys, right? But I think because he's young, if I see that as as his floor, I see his ceiling as which, which 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 you are right, but the problem is you want to put a ceiling up there. Yeah, I want to do it now. You can't you can't I do want, that? I want the ceiling to be here. No. I, I want to see the high the, side the, now. The, the, the worst he's going to be is a starting quarterback in the NFL that's really good for a long time. Right. And the best he's going to be is Hall a multiple multiple MVP type guy. Now I don't know if that'll ever happen in the Chargers uniform or whatever the case may be. But we'll see. I think it's human nature to split the difference and go, all right, even if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, he's going to be better than these dudes because to me he's already there and he's only in his second year. But you're right. Like, let's see him stay healthy. Let's see him keep improving. Let's not go backwards. All that. Can one team bounce back with a revenge win for one of their coaches? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. I think everybody's in the handsome category. I don't think anybody's ugly. I'm not. Come on, you are. No, I'm not. I'm good with it, though. Let's not even talk about it anymore. Bart, again, I can't think of one person. And it's not because, oh, I don't want to single them out. We go after each other here. Max is handsome. Yes, very. Jay Will is handsome. Yeah, that whole show is gorgeous. Yeah. Seriously. Good for a radio show that they have looks. and Don LaGreca on the Michael K. Show. Yeah, they didn't mention me, though. Or he did well, they said a handsome show. show. Yeah, but still, I felt like my name should have been mentioned. I used to see those guys every day. I used to, we used to be on each other's shows all the time in New York radio. 
back in the day. So they've seen me up close, and I can just tell you, even the closer you look, the more handsome I get. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't never want to have a radio face. Yeah, the face made sure. for radio. No, no. I know a few people in this business that certainly have faces for radio. Now, let me tell you something. If you take care of yourself. <laughs> when I was a kid, I wasn't a hand. I was like, yeah, an okay-looking kid. But the older I get because the standards go down, if I just keep myself in decent shape, I keep my hair, I'm considered better and better looking as I get older. Because for when I was you know, 25, okay, he's all right. At 48, they go, oh, look, he's 48. Oh, good-looking guy. I wow. love it. <laughs> I love this aging thing. Uh, except for my back. That part's not so good. Cowboys, Get a better bit. Huh? Get a better bit. Oh, man. There's nothing I, I got to do Pilates three days a week. The Cowboys are looking to bounce back against the Falcons on Sunday, Key. They're not going to have Randy Gregory. And Mike McCarthy said yesterday that will have a big impact. Listen. I promise McCarthy said it. I think it was probably one of our best players. Or clearly make the argument to... Uh, you know, probably one of our clearly one of our best players on defense. So yeah, it's very disruptive. Um, you know, our our team and our defensive players feed off of his you know activity. And yeah, definitely feel. I mean, he's, he's having a heck of a year. But you know, he's he was back in there this morning, and you know, he'll attack the rehab just like he he has attacked everything else. He like the Cowboys defense quiet is kept is really the differences like they had an offense they had a defense this year if this is going to have a big impact and their defense you know they gave up 30 forget about the fact they didn't score for a second what's this going to mean for them you know it hurts uh Demarcus Lawrence is is you know out when you got that issue with him now all of a sudden you look up and you got this issue it's it you don't want to continue to keep piling up injuries on units where you don't necessarily have the depth and that's one. That's going to be a big issue going coming down the stretch. Some of the teams that they're going to have to face in play. Yeah, Micah Parsons has been a godsend for them. He's a, he's official. And uh, Trayvon Diggs was really good. But you warned me early, like when it looked like, oh my God, look at this guy. It's like, hold on, give it time. He's good. Let's see how good he is. And they have not stopped, you know, going to the guy he's covering. And he's good. And sometimes he does get burnt. Yeah, because he's peeking and sneaking and peeking and looking in the backfield. He's doing something that defensive coordinators and defensive back coaches, they don't want their DBs doing. When you start looking in the backfield and getting nosy because you've had some success at interceptions, eventually that's put on film. And the little, the littlest thing that you don't see, Max, we see in study habits. And what we watching, we might be watching, we might not even be watching his eyes. We might just be watching a, the, the difference in, him slowing down from point one to point A to point B, just a little bit enough to tell us, oh, if he, oh, we could double move him right here. Oh, we could double move him at 10 yards. Look what he's doing at 10 yards. And well, every time he gets to 10 yards, he does this. And if we do that, he going to bite. And you see it, and it you works. put it in, and it's boom. That's, that's so, one so, thing. That's one thing the rat going to do is he going to go for the cheese every single time. Right. So Every single time. So that's why. Like in the NBA, in basketball, guys who jump passing lanes, you can come away with a steal, but it can weaken you as a defender if that's, you're kind of like cheating, right? Yeah. We, 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 you, we study so much film and tendencies on guys that we know, we know what you're getting ready to do. Like we literally, I could tell you exactly what this dude is getting ready to do. If I sit up and I watch four games, five games in cut-ups of that particular team and player, I could tell you everything he's going to do because his tendencies aren't going to change. So speaking of the Cowboys' defense, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn coaches against his former team Sunday. Can the Cowboys' key bounce back against a hot Falcons team? 
You know, I think they can. I think they can. They, Atlanta's pretty good, though, and they're not a bad team. They sit, I think, in the seventh seed right now in the NFC, so they're still trying to make the playoffs. Um, Matt Ryan has certainly had a rebirth. Kyle Pitts has certainly replaced Julio Jones in terms of the numbers and helping this team put some points on the board, although he hasn't scored but one touchdown, but he's moving the chains from the 20 to the 20. Uh, this is a different team right now, but the Cowboys are a better football team than them. They have more talent than them, so they should be able to bounce back. Yeah, looking at the Falcons, um, the actual wins, they beat the Saints without a quarterback by two points. It was on the road, though, but still divisional. They lose. They lost to the Panthers at home. I'm going reverse chron- chronological order, so backwards. They beat the Dolphins by two. This is under a field goal, their wins against the teams that, I mean, the Saints are a good team, but they don't have a quarterback. And the Dolphins have gotten better recently, but it's not a great team. And they beat the Jets by a touchdown. Ugh, that's not, they're, they're hot, but partly that's, they're not playing the strongest schedule. The Cowboys are an actual good team. Like, whatever records say at any given point, I look at some teams Cardinals, Packers, Bucks. Rams, those are actually good teams. That's not smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah, no, those are those are good teams. I wouldn't call it smoke. Every, put it this way: every team in the NFL is good, even the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah. Just ask the relatively, Bills, right? Relatively, it, it's a situation that you are hitting your right, the right team at the right time in the right matchups. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start to look at the Atlanta Falcons against the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys are the better team, so it might be the right matchup going up against Atlanta. Yeah, and Dak, you know, is going to be looking <laughs> looking to get right. Okay, uh, Greeny is next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max will be back Monday morning, as always. But um, this is ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Greeny coming up. Talk to you after the weekend. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.